This is a message from Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. We pray that it will encourage you in your walk of faith. If you would like to learn more about Dr. Youssef or Leading the Way, please visit ltw.org. Can you love someone and you still neglect that person? Can you love someone only for what you get out of that person? Can you truly love someone without wanting to know everything about that person? Can you truly love someone without wanting to spend every waking moment with that person? Think about these questions. As I begin this new six-part series, messages, called To Know Jesus is to Love Him, beginning today. I want to help you to fall in love with Jesus and stay in love with Him. And I'm not talking about loving Him in name, but I'm talking about loving Him in deed. There are lots of people out there who say they're followers of Jesus. Lots of politicians who say they are followers of Jesus. And their lives are in shambles, and they're far from obeying Jesus. And so, I want to explain to you in this series of messages how your love for Jesus can be all-encompassing, that your love for Jesus will not ebb and flow. Your love for Jesus is not seasonal, that your love for Jesus is not going to blow hot and cold. No, but your love for Jesus can only grow deeper and higher. I want you to hear me right because this is important. I believe with all my heart this series of messages is most desperately needed in these last days as we see the love of many growing cold. Loving Jesus intimately is one of the most important things that you begin to comprehend and focus on in these days. As we see Many people whose love for Jesus is so superficial. As we look around and we see how the love of many is in words and not in deed. We see all of this, and as we see all of this, we need to know how to love Jesus intimately, completely. Now, for those of you who know Jesus, you need to learn how to grow in loving Him more intimately every single day. Listen to me. (laughs) Wherever you are on the spiritual spectrum, I want to share with you that when you totally and intimately love Jesus, He's going to give you greatest joy in the midst of crushing circumstances which actually reminds me of a story of the boy came home from Sunday school, and his mother said to him, she said, "Uh, how did Sunday school go? He said, great. He said, you never guess who taught Sunday school today. She said, no, who? He said, Jesus' grandmother. And the mother said, Jesus' grandmother? What makes you say that? He said, she bragged about him the entire lesson. (laughs) Now, you can be sure the Sunday school teacher really loved Jesus. But just in case someone here would say, oh, well, Michael, I think 
I'm going to switch off right now. I love Jesus. I don't need to know more. I I have excellent Bible knowledge. Uh, In fact, uh, I'm a stickler for accurate Bible interpretation. Uh, I defend biblical doctrine. Uh, All these things, beloved, are wonderful, and I don't want you to stop. Others might say, well, Michael, wait a minute. I'm into the deeper life. I'm into the changed lives. I'm into the victorious life. I'm into the upward call. Don't stop. Keep going. But here's the problem. There are so many believers who have made the means of loving Jesus become an end to themselves. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Please, please listen carefully. Not just today, but in the next six messages. For if your goal in life is to have head knowledge of the Bible, if your goal in life is to get out of God and His Word what you want to get. I pray that God would transform you today. It is the cry of my heart that you will be transformed today as we look together and learn together. I'm learning as much as you are of how to love Jesus more deeply, how to love Jesus more fully, how to love Jesus more intimately, how to love Jesus more uniquely. And you may say, and why is that important? I received Jesus as Savior of my life. I made my profession of faith a long time ago, and I'm fine. Well, why do I need to know this? Because I can tell you, the deeper you love Jesus, the more all the things in life are going to fall in place. Paul was a religious man. He was zealous for his religion. My goodness, you couldn't get any more grocery list of accomplishment in that religion than Paul. He was committed to his religion. He has accomplished a great deal for the religion. And, I mean, he was an amazing human being in terms of his accomplishment. And then he had an encounter with Jesus. In fact, I remember as a boy in Sunday school, he used to give us a card and this card had places there for stars. Uh, when you perfect attendance or you attend every Sunday, you get a star. If you remember last week's lesson, you get a star. If you participate in the class, you get a star. I mean, all these stars, man, they made you so proud. And I am convinced, had there been such a thing back in the days of the Apostle Paul, you would not be able to see the card from the stars. I mean, it's a huge list of accomplishment. And then he had an encounter with Jesus, an encounter that transformed his life. After that encounter, all of his religious stars, (laughs) he said they are rubbish (laughs) in comparison to loving Jesus and knowing Jesus. His desire in his growing love for Jesus made him to consider all that stuff to be trash. Listen to what he said. And if you want to check me out, it's Philippians 3.8. After he lists the grocery list, after he lists all his accomplishments, all his achievements, after he lists all the qualifications, he goes on in verse 8 and he says, I regard all these things. What are these things? I want to read it from the ESV. 
Indeed, I count everything as a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For His sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them rubbish. By the way, the word is a lot stronger than that, and I'm not going to tell you. Very close to the word dung, because rubbish sometimes can have value. I count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. What does he mean? What does he mean that for me? What does he mean that for you? Listen to me very carefully. I don't like to talk about myself, but only if I give God the glory. To me, that's what it means here. Here's what it means. Everything that I am and everything that I have, my job, my degrees, my money, my possessions, even life itself is rubbish when I compare them to knowing Christ and loving Christ my Lord. Beloved, listen to me. Until I come to that point, then I have no way to grow in loving Christ. Until I come to that point of saying, nothing can be compared to you and my love for you. I want men to listen to me for a minute. I know, and you know, and this is a fact, that we men particularly derive our identity from our work, what we do. We derive our identity from our accomplishment, our achievements, our titles. That's just a fact of life. Can I get a witness, man? Here is the question. What is it that I value the most in life? Only you can answer that. Only I can answer that. What is it that I value most in life? Now, let me get into confession time. When I was younger, I was ordained in ministry. I was serving God. But I had only one ambition in life back then, to earn a Ph.D. from a prestigious university. That was my goal in life. That was the most important thing for me that I wanted to accomplish in life. Is that degree worthless for me today? No. But when I compare it with my love for Jesus, it's hands down it's not worth the papers written on. Every one of us has different ambitions. I wanted to ask yourself, whatever it is, is it you aspire to be the CEO of your company, you aspire to be a CEO of a bigger company, are you aspiring a, a major net worth? Whatever you are aspiring, ask yourself the question. And once you identified whatever it is, the next question should be, how does that compare with my love for Jesus? Now, there are some people in ministry. There are some people who are Bible teachers and preachers. They need to ask themselves the question, do I love preaching and teaching and ministry more than my love for Jesus? You say, how can you make that dichotomy? Yes, I can, because many of us can take those means of loving Jesus and turn them to an ends in themselves. Ask yourself the question. The first step, beloved, in the way of developing deeper intimacy and love for Jesus is to ask yourself this all-important question. Is it comparable with my love for Jesus? Does it stand in the way 
of my love for Jesus. But I'm sure some people think, and I used to think that way, that, you know, when you get older and you grow in your love for Jesus, these temptations are not going to be as great. (laughs) I remember one time in my 40s talking to a global leader, one of the great men of God in his 70s. And he was rebuking me about something I said about him, and he said, Brother, you tempted me with pride. And I said, At your age. He said, Don't kid yourself. The older you get, the harder it is. And so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what age. It doesn't matter where you are. In fact, I can tell you, the more you walk with Jesus, the harder the battle, the hotter the war. And so the next natural question is, how can I overcome the temptation of loving anything or loving anyone more than I love Jesus? Great question. I want to answer it. (laughs) I can tell you on the authority of God's Word that if you think that you can fight this temptation by amassing biblical knowledge, you're in for a surprise. (laughs) If you think that the way to love Jesus is to go from one spiritual experience into another, or go from one spiritual high into another, you are in for a shock. Loving Jesus begins with being dissatisfied with where you are at your current level of loving Jesus. Can I get a witness? That's where it begins, with dissatisfaction. I know every time I want to give you satisfaction. I'm telling you today that if you really want to get the real thing, start with dissatisfaction. Your loving for Jesus begins with yearning to know Him and love Him more than anyone or anything in life. Listen to the Apostle Paul's prayer on behalf of the Christians in Ephesus. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 18, here's what he's interceding on behalf of the people that he loved the most. And he spent three years, more than any time he ever spent anywhere in Ephesus. And he says, my prayer for you is that you may comprehend fully the breadth and the length and the height and the depth of Jesus' love for them. Because until you come to the point of saying, Lord, my love for you is so pathetic. My love for you is so shallow. My love for you is so superficial. My love for you is so self-centered. My love for you is only for what I can get out of you. My love for you is not anywhere near your love for me. And when you come to this point in your life, I have great news for you. You have taken the first step in the right direction. Until and unless you become dissatisfied by the level of your current love for Jesus. And listen, the Scripture warns us that in the last days, the love of many grows cold. And that is why the urgency of this message. Until you become dissatisfied, you haven't begun yet. Today you can. Today you can begin on that road. Beloved, if I've learned anything about Jesus from the Word of God, it is this. Listen carefully. That He longs to nourish our minds with the truth. 
that he longs to fill our hearts with his love, that he longs to lift our imagination into new heights, that he longs for us to surrender our will so that he may fill us with his. But it all begins with dissatisfaction. Listen, if you say to me, Michael, I don't know what you're on about. I don't know what you're raving on about. I'm, I'm fine. I am fine where I am. I'm saved. I know I'm saved. My family's saved. I'm just fine. Everything is great. Then know this. You'll never grow deeper in your intimacy with Jesus. But if you are dissatisfied with where you are in your love for Jesus, then the answer is not in another seminar. The answer is not in another preacher. The answer is not in a book. The answer is not in a sermon. The answer is not in a conference or convention or or activities. The answer is in your prayer closet. When you become real with God, when you start crying out to Him on a daily basis, help me, Lord, to comprehend that depth and the width and the breadth and the length and the height of your love for me so that I may love you with all my heart and above else. But there's a warning. There's a warning. If you pray this prayer on a regular basis, get ready for a transformation in your life. Get ready. What is the biggest and the first obstacle to deeply loving Jesus, to intimately loving Jesus? Do you want to know the answer? I'm going to tell you anyway. It is complacency and smugness. It really is. In fact, in the next message, I'm going to talk about the three things that will hinder you from intimately loving Jesus. Just to whet your appetite, let me give you the outline. The inability to accept correction. The unwillingness to change, and the susceptibility to confusing the journey for the destination. I know you can't wait. I could never comprehend when God appeared to Abraham, and He said to him, Abraham, I want you to leave your CEO of this closely held corporation that you're presiding over. I want you to leave it so I can make you CEO of a bigger company? No. So I can make you the chairman of the board? So I give you a promotion? No. That's why it always, always puts a lump inside of me. He said, I want you to leave this lucrative place and lucrative job, and I'm going to lead you to uncertain future. Think about that. I know it's not in the Bible, because some of you are going to write to me and say, well, is that in the Bible? But I am convinced that Abraham had epilepsy at that point. I mean, he must have had tremors. I know human nature. That's the only reason. I can only imagine this God appearing to him and says, okay, I'm going to take you out of all this wonderful place and sort of wealth and pleasure, and I'm going to take you to a certain future. He said, what? And remember this. Abraham did not have a Bible or a Bible commentary. 
Abraham did not have a pastor or a Bible teacher. Abraham did not have 2,000 years of Christian history. Abraham was 2,000 years before Christ. He knew very little about God, but he trusted God. Oh, my goodness, that is enough. And that's the beginning of the road of loving God. Let me ask you, if you were in Abraham's shoe, here we are 2,000 years after Christ. All this Bible teaching and all the books and all the seminars and all this going on. Ask yourself, am I willing? I'm going to repeat that word. Am I willing to give him everything? You notice I keep repeating the word willing? Because here's what most people don't understand. God gave you everything you have. He really did. He said, I worked hard, I, I did this, and I've done the other thing, and I sacrificed. And I, yeah, yeah, but he gave you everything. <laughs> Keep that in your head, no matter what you've done. He gave you everything. Everything you have, he gave you. He doesn't want anything from you, but he wants to know, are you willing? Abraham was willing to give up everything. And he wants to know that if there's anything that comes in conflict with your loving him with all of your heart uh, deeply and more intimately, hands down, you give it up. He wants you to say, if the time comes, oh, dear Jesus, if I put everything and everyone on one side of a scale, And my love for you on the other side, hands down, your side wins. No comparison. No comparison. And here's the blessing. Here's the thing that most people don't realize. Now, when Abraham did this, and not only trusted him in the beginning, he trusted him even after they gave him Isaac and said, offer him. He said, okay, I know you're going to raise him from the dead if you have to. I'll go ahead. God blessed him out of his socks. Because you cannot truly begin on the road of loving Jesus without willing to obey Jesus, no matter what the cost. I was thinking about a man in the 19th century who was a well-known lecturer by the name of Wendell Phillips, renowned, gave lectures all over at least the eastern side of the United States. And Wendell Phillips loved his invalid wife with all his heart. He loved her so deeply. But unfortunately, because of his profession of going around and giving lectures, it's his job, his speaking engagements, took him away on long journeys from home. One time, At the close of one of those lectures, miles away from his home in Boston, he was determined that he was going to go home that night. His friends pleaded with him. They said, please wait till morning. They said to him, the last train has left, and you have to hire special transportation. It is cold and sleeting outside. You will face so many obstacles and dangers on the road. He simply replied, yes, but on the other end of those miles, I shall see the face of my beloved Anne. 
Now, beloved, as I said, regardless of where you are in the spiritual spectrum, this message is for you. Because when your love for Jesus grows deeper and higher and more intimate, even in the heavy and crushing circumstances and experiences in life, they become light for you. Why? Because you know that on the other side of life, when you get home, you will see the face of the beloved Jesus. Amen? When your intimacy with Jesus is all-encompassing, all of the sufferings along the journey will not compare with His beautiful face that we will see on the other side of the river. I don't know where you are, but it really doesn't matter. You can start today. You can continue if already started, because there can be no end to loving Jesus. And we keep on growing in His love. We keep growing and loving Him, keep growing and loving Him until we see His face. And so I want to invite you, whatever it is that is holding you back from loving Him, give it to Him today. Father, in Jesus' name I pray that you would honor the desire of our hearts. Father, I pray that as we see the love of many growing cold and superficial, that you will give the remnant such love for you and such longing for your appearing, that Father, on that great day, we'll be able to rejoice. I pray this in Jesus' name.